We are proud to partner with Fiverr, the online marketplace for freelance services to get stuff done. If you have any business or creative needs, you need to check out Fiverr, whether that's a logo design, website optimization, social media boost, video production, you can find it all on Fiverr. We as the Kingdom Dreamers have used them for many of their services and plan to continue. Check them out at the link in our show notes. Because I have a dream. Staggered by the winds of police brutality. Now, you have been the veterans of creative suffering. The ballot or the bullet is to either ignore them or, or to deny them without giving And we stand together to win the war. One fall family. Yes, we can. It's crazy right here. I don't know. I did the allow record, so I guess it's my right. so. so we're recording now. So whenever you want to jump off, my friend. Whenever I'm ready. You know, a lot of podcasts I listen to, they literally uh, will do the thing where they kind of start recording and they'll Never talk five it. minutes and then they'll say, oh, yeah, let's start the show. So I'm like, are we started right now? We are starting. That's, that's not our thing, though, so we're not going to do that. So I maybe. guess I'll... I'll <laughs> maybe. Maybe. We'll find video. out when this episode comes out. Right now, let's see. Yeah, it's on. No, I know you. You're down. You're not down with that messiness. So, but I'm gonna make it hard for you because I'm not gonna give a lot of time. Decision. Until now, time I start talking, when I say, "Welcome, yeah. welcome, <laughs> why, why, world." What Listen. happened to precision? Precision out the window, man. We out here quarantine life. Welcome, oh, man, to the Why Why World Show, the podcast of conscious Christian conversations about the chaos of the cosmos. And matter of fact, I forgot. We ain't even talked about it in a pregame. Well, there's some Cosmo, Cosmo news that just came out this week. We'll get to it in a minute. Remind me that I got to talk about really? the Cosmos and all the chaos of the Cosmos. Yes. But just so you know, for those who are new here and those that just need a reminder, this is a Kingdom Dreamer podcast where we here, we fight to reunite righteousness and justice. Will's rocking the hat there if you watch him on YouTube. You know, right, definitely bringing those hands together. So exactly. definitely check out our YouTube. But we appreciate you guys being here with myself, Mr. K. Da'ara. Kellen Reeves here. My man over there on the kind of sort of East Coast, but not really. Is it Midwest or East Coast? I don't know what you want to consider. Mid-South, whatever. Will Ara Horn. It's Mid-South. Okay. I, think, I, I think I'm going to go Mid-South, man. It don't feel like the South, but it don't feel like the Midwest. It's Work. the state of Kentucky, which is a confusing place. So you right next to Ohio, where you grew up in Ohio, nobody would call Ohio the South. But Ohio's a big state, bro. I was in northern Ohio, not That's southern true. Ohio. Once you cross that Ohio River, everything changes, bro. Uh, look, nah, I ain't going to give you that, man. Y'all like California. You don't get to go northern Ohio, southern Ohio. Does anybody know the difference wow. between the two? There is a difference, man. That's, man. I guess. Well, look, we out here basically in Illinois, and, you know, there's a huge difference between, I guess, northern Illinois and southern Illinois, because southern Illinois, you might as well be in Kentucky or whatever, because it get real country out there real quick. But anyways, welcome. Welcome, everybody. We're glad y'all here with us. Well, how are you doing today? Well, I have a cup of coffee, and it's nine o'clock, so you know how it is. Yeah, it's one of those type of days. That describes everything, sir. Hey, look, full disclosure to y'all listening, it's not It's not even that late. Look, you giving it a few minutes on my 9 o'clock. It's not that late. As soon as we hopped oh, on and started chopping it up. It's 8.30, you're right. Yeah, as soon as we started chopping it up, I started yawning. Like, I just got done, you know, cooking a four-course Sunday dinner, uh, you know, in the big house or something. So, oh, nice. I don't know what's going on. It's rainy. It's wet out here. We're all living this COVID quarantine life. And God is certainly doing his part to make sure we don't go outside by making the weather, like, dreary on a regular basis, at least here in the Midwest. So mm. we're going to wake up here for y'all. Hand. It's oh, raining here too, though. So in the Mid-South, it's raining as well. Hold to his hand. God's unchanging hand. We're going to have Gospel Hour with Kevin. It's going to be go. cool, hey, right? You got to stop me when I start going down those paths. Well, you can't just let nah, me it, let It's me solid flow. entertainment. It's solid entertainment, bro. Well, look, I appreciate that. But that ain't what the people are here for. If they wanted to hear me sing... Well, they wouldn't want to hear me sing, so they wouldn't download this at all. But anyways, look, before we get too deep in it, just want to give y'all a quick reminder. Y'all can catch us on the social medias, on the Twitters, yep. at uh, Kingdom X Dreams. You can also catch Will at William Ara Horn 
And also, you catch me maybe sort of, kind of, sort of. Every once in a while, I post them at old boy underscore K underscore R. I'm not even going to go back and spell it because you're probably not going to follow me, and that's fine because I don't really write uh, mm. tweet that much anyway. Uh, you can also catch us on Patreon. Uh, go to patreon.com backslash kingdom dreamers. And then also, if you want the merch, like if you're on YouTube, you see a Will is rocking the hat. Normally, I'm rocking the hat too, but it's just, it's a day. We got the hats, we got the hoodies, we got the shirts, Will. T-shirts. Go to our website, kingdomdreamer.com. That's dreamer, not plural. Kingdomdreamer.com. Click on that there store tab. Check us out. We promise you this merch is actually good stuff, good quality. We ain't just doing it just to do it, right? We wouldn't put garbage out because we wouldn't wear garbage. So just understand. Go check. If you don't believe us, go check it out. You on your phone, on you know, hop on whatever device you're listening to us on. Just take a minute, check out kingdomdreamer.com, and we appreciate you. So, um, so yeah, now that we got that out the way, so, Will, what's going on this week, my brother? Let me first tell you what people think about us, man. Hmm. What people sometimes it's not us. a good thing. If somebody says, sometimes "Let me not. tell you what I think about you," usually you don't necessarily want to hear what comes next. Usually it's negative. Usually it's negative. But listen, man, we got some positive review out here. We're gonna okay. shout out another listener review, you know, just okay. to show some love to the people showing love to us. What the heck kind of shot was that? Ah, hey, you like that, huh? Yeah. You know what we should do sometime if somebody gives us like a terrible review, we should read that as well. I'm all for it. Look, we, be great. we we are not people that are not that are here for only flowers and roses. You know what I mean? Like we're both married. You know, like we both that's know what it is. You can you can you can tell me the real. I can take it. I can handle it. So if you think we suck, that's fine. No, go ahead and put it in the review. We'll deal with it and we'll try to get better. Yeah, we're here for the engagement, right? But we appreciate the love as well. So, shout out to I think it's like Snibbins, S-N-I-B-B-I-N-S, Snibbins. 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 So your man or, or your woman, Snibbins, said five stars. Great, thoughtful, nuanced, and balanced commentary on oh. life in this wild, wild world. Thank hey, you, Snibbins. Snibs, we appreciate that. Uh, the love, that's an Apple review. So, hey, give us reviews. You might get a shout out on an episode. We appreciate that. It does help us move up the podcast airwaves to communicate about the wild, wild world to everybody. So hit us on Apple, Spotify, all the other places, YouTube, Stitchers. All but of yeah. that. All, all of, of that. that. Matter of fact, please hit literally hit us up on all of those. You can feel free to download us on multiple platforms. And yeah, then man. watch put the YouTube video on repeat and just watch. That, if you if you show that it. much love, man, we might have to jump you on the podcast. You'd be out here like I got them all playing at the same time on repeat. It'd be great. Yeah, for look, real talk, because I, I I don't know about you, Will, but I've had multiple people come come up to me and say, "Hey, bro, when you gonna get me on the podcast? You know, won't you let me on the show? You know, typically, you know, my response is, "Hey, man, you know, if you got something to bring to the audience that they gonna want to hear, I'm down. But I'm gonna have to change my answer to if you download enough of our episodes." And watch us on YouTube on repeat. Then sure, come on, it's all good. Yep. Maybe that's buy, the new criteria. The that's the new criteria. If you a real G, a real fan of the Wild Wild World, we'll get you on. Yeah, like like take a picture of you wearing a a, a candle during my hat with a t shirt and a hoodie. You know what I'm saying? And we'll give you some airtime. Game, game. Yep. I'm for it. But hey, let's talk about this crazy out here real quick before we get into the meats. Man, crazy out here, man. We just want to give you, usually we do this sometimes different. Sometimes it's bigger news stories. Sometimes there's smaller. Sometimes there's multiple short ones. I just want to give you one really wild thing that happened right here in Lexington, Kentucky, where I'm at, is the governor of Kentucky had to call a man and apologize who filed for unemployment because <laughs> his name is Tupac Shakira. <laughs> So 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 wait a minute for the people that don't know. So why did he have to apologize for his name being Tupac Shakur? So so the governor of Kentucky obviously thought this dude was a prankster. He's like, this doesn't make sense. You know, Tupac been gone since '96. This isn't it. So there was a bunch of he was trying to take it away and stuff like that. But then the governor eventually had to call. The guy's name is actually Tupac. He changed his name in 1998, two years after Tupac died, so that. He could, I forget what his middle name is. It's like Tupac. See, I, didn't, I didn't even read. Oh, Lord. So wait a minute. Wasn't this at a press conference where the governor said something about 
He was calling people out from using uh, fake names to, to take advantage of the benefits. Yeah, so he called people out, and then he found out it was a real person, so he had to actually call this person. To, see, yeah. See, well, here's the thing. You can name yourself whatever you want, right? You know, yeah. like we all laugh at, you know, we all seen coming to America when a man said his mama called him Clay, I'm going to call him Clay. But, you know, my old Eddie Murphy said a man has the right to be called whatever he wants to be called. If he wants to be called Ali, I'll call him Ali, right? That's your right as an American, whatever, whatever, right? So, yeah. you know, it's, it's messed up that, you know, he had to go through that and yeah, whatever. At the same time, if you's a grown man, and you change your name to Tupac Shakur, something, and, and something negative comes about at some point in your life, such as you get denied for unemployment because you chose to name yourself Tupac Shakur. I don't feel bad for you, bro. Like that, you that that charges to the game. Like I'm not glad it happened to you, but I don't feel bad for you. Because what did you That's think? Fair. You you had to know something was coming at some point. That's fair. They did change it in '98, so the emotions were still high. Uh, and this yeah. guy could be one of my neighbors, man. I've no, been that, locked that in the house since ago. I moved here. That's, That's true. Dang, that, that is 22 That was 22 years ago. years ago. He had enough time to change it back. Like, in 98, now granted, I wasn't 18 in 98, but when I turned 18, you know what I'm saying? Like, maybe I wanted to change my name to Sean Carter or something like that. Or or or, or the Black Thought, whatever Black Thought's real name is. You know? Yeah, what is like, his real name? Uh, how, uh, how many people felt you know, motivated by Kanye. And I guess part of it's different because, you know, Tupac is dead, you know, but I could have changed my name to, to, to whatever Big Pun's real name is, you know, but 22 years later, I might be like, you know what? That's probably not one of the wisest choice. Go back to your real name of Earl or, you know, LaVishka or whatever his name happens to be. No, you don't have this name. You don't have 20 years to rectify that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So at this point, you know, he embraced he embraced the identity and it you know he went a solid 20 years i guess without an incident as far as we know but here's the thing though tupac shakur is an iconic name right it's an iconic name it's not common it's iconic and it's associated with all of the like the swagger and all of that stuff that comes with tupac so for you to change your name to tupac shakur is a real breezy move you know what i mean on some (laughs) level it might even be a little disrespectful because let's be real you living in Lexington, Tennessee, or wherever he happens to be living in. Lexington, Kentucky. Yeah. You live Lex- here, man. He Lex- could Lex- be my Kentucky. neighbor, bro. He could be your neighbor. You know what I'm saying? He out here, you know, on the unemployment, which, hey, I'm, I'm not mocking unemployment. I have been in the unemployment line myself at some point in life. But I think we can agree that that does not live up to the heights of the name of Tupac Shakur. You know what I'm saying? Like, if your name yeah. Tupac, you got to be doing something real real swaggy or something. I don't know. Like, if, if one thing, if your mama names you, but you named yourself Tupac. That's like Kobe naming himself Black Mama. You know what I'm saying? Like, we can't never give you too many props for changing your own doggone name. I don't know. People love Black Mama. They don't Kobe got him giving his name. Nah, Kobe got clowned for years for giving himself He did, but he doesn't anymore, I'm saying. Because he, he passed away. <clears throat> And he leaned, and, and before that, he leaned so far into it, it was like, all right, this ain't really funny anymore because Kobe won't give this up. And he's, na- <laughs> he's, he's naming his, his, his basketball teams the Mamba Elite and Mamba Academy and all of that stuff. Like, it was like, okay, like, we were clowning because it was silly, but you, you are living this life. <laughs> so, so eventually, Kobe, by his sheer will of – or force of will – made us kind of just accept it, right? But nobody was ever like that black mom, but that's the coldest nickname ever. Yeah. We just, you know, we respect Kobe. So we like, all right, Kobe, like, that's what you want to do. Fine, we'll roll with you. But I doubt this man named Tupac Shakur did anything like that. I don't know. Yeah. I want to well, interview tu- Tupac, I'm not, I'm not, notice this Kellen throwing you shade. If I run into you in the streets, no, it's all love coming from me. Hopefully, I do. You know say? He might be crazy. His name is, he name so Tupac Shakur. You might be crazy. Don't be yes. out here putting me out there. Well, I'm, a, I'm open to anybody right now. I've been locked in the house for too long. So I'm just open, you know, to, to all my neighbors in Lexington, <laughs> Kentucky. So, yeah, you're right. So I can't, you can't be clowning because Will might get jumps. <laughs> for real, though. You might look me up after this because you went off on this man. So, hey, well, he got to be at least near 40. Hopefully, you he know. is. I think he's in his mid-40s. So Okay, well, hopefully he done grown out of jumping people. But if not, watch back, Will. All right. Actually, you staying in the crib, so I guess you're good. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. But with that, I don't have any more crazy out here. So let's, let's get a little entertained. Are you not entertained? Are you not entertained? 
Is this not why you are here? That is entertaining. So, look at here. So in this in this segment, we try to bring you something that is from the world of entertainment. Um, we are all being entertained a lot right now because we're in the house. So there's a lot of movie watching, uh, not a lot of sports. However, comma, however, there was a sporting event that happened. Um, what's it, last weekend, Will, or the weekend before? Time is going so weird right now. I, this last weekend, man. Yeah, this past this weekend. weekend. If, that feels like a, a month ago. Um, but this past weekend, it was a sporting event. Uh, that popped off a major one, which was the NFL draft. Now, you might be an individual where you're like, that's not a major sport event. It's not actually a sport, whatever. But it's a big thing, big deal in the world of sports. In general, the NFL draft is a big deal. Uh, but this year in particular, like the numbers were huge and all of that because ain't no other sports on, right? So everybody was sitting around. They, they stretched it into a three-day thing on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And, well, something happened – over the course of that draft that people started noticing, uh, started pointing out uh, over the course of time. If you don't know, just so you uh, have a little bit of contact, the draft is seven rounds. And basically each, you know, each of those rounds is 32 picks. And so it's players from college getting drafted to the NFL. And so when a player gets drafted, well, they usually drop a little bit of information. Here's who the kid is, what school, what position he plays, some good things about him, some things he'll need to work on, whatever. And then, you know, because they're trying to make this an event because there's way too much time between picks and they're trying to sell advertising, they're trying to make this into a kind of human interest thing, right? So then they want to put in little factoids about each player, uh, forgetting the fact that the majority of NFL fans won't ever remember 90% of these guys again, right? Um, so what happened during the draft, Will, was somehow, some way, they started sharing like the most – sad, devastating, tragic elements of these kids' lives. Um, and people started noticing it because it was over and over and over again. It'd be Johnny Smith is getting drafted from whatever school. At the age of five, his mother died of, uh, of, uh, of colon cancer. Joe, Joe Jackson, you know, at the age of 17, his little brother died in a tragic boating accident. And it was just all death and cancer and parents in jail. And the tattoo on his left bicep is for his, his, his baby sister who died at the age of one after battling disease. And it was just over and over and over, like the most sad part of these guys' lives was just put out there in the middle of them talking about how fast he was and if they thought he was a good fit for the team he was drafting. So, <laughs> so well, I got some thoughts on it. I know there's been a lot of thoughts shared on it, but what, what, what was your initial reaction as you were watching this stuff? Well, I thought it – I mean, it was super noticeable because they've always – the past few years since they kind of changed into trying to make it like a primetime thing, the draft, and divided in three days. They've done this factoid thing. But it was literally – my wife was actually watching with me. It shows you how, how isolation works now. She'll actually watch the NFL draft. But <laughs> it, it was wild. It was literally like every pick was like every player got a tragic backstory, like the NFL trying to be an anime series where, it, <laughs> where his, his father died and then his cousin got shot and then his best friend playing ball died and then got yeah. struck by lightning and stuff like that. So now he played for them. He like, wears the number 24 because that was his best friend's birthday who died in a car crash on the way to, right. a, to a basketball tournament with him. Like, yo. And, so, and sometimes it's like, you know, all right, if they wanted you to share something about like some, you know, deep tragedy they went through that, why they play, that's cool. But half the time it seemed like they was just pulling this stuff out. Like they were interviewing one cat. I don't even remember who it was. But they were interviewing one guy and talking about one of the tragedies. And he wasn't ready for it. Like, it was just like, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? So it's almost like they're just, like, pulling random pain, crazy backstories out of people for no reason. There was no – I think I noted only one, like, positive factoid. Yeah. And, and I watched the first three rounds. Yeah. So I mean, me too. It, like, there, there was, like, the one positive I remember I, I – Follow University of Minnesota, and one of their players got drafted, and his father had played in the NFL, and so they talked on that angle. That was kind of positive. But it's just like on the happiest days of a lot of these guys' lives, right, you have to tinge the, the like, the joy and the – essentially being drafted to the NFL is, you know, the next best thing 
to for you know guys been playing football for their whole lives now they're drafted to the NFL that that's a major 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 thing it's uh, it's not the tip of the iceberg because obviously you can have an NFL career but and I'll get back to this point later for a lot of folks NFL careers are very short right yeah. So being drafted is a huge, huge, huge deal. It's you work, put all this time, you worked all this time, you've gotten essentially to the top of your craft uh, before the professional level. And at that point, they want to remind you of all the sadness and tears and, and heartache that you've dealt with in life that may have very little to do with, you know, you being good at football, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, you know, I was actually talking to my father. He made the point, and I think he actually wrote some about this as well. I hadn't got a chance to read it. But uh, you made the point because we were, to, you know, that kind of saying, okay, well, we're kind of making this into a human interest type thing, right? The draft, it's human interest, right? And so we're humanizing these guys by talking about these things that they've dealt with in their life. We kind of made the point, like, so are we saying that we weren't viewing them as humans before, as actual people? And I think there's a reality to that, to reality to that, because this whole the whole NFL draft process is probably like this in every sport. Um, has a real meat market type of feel to it. You know, these guys they go to these uh, they go to the combine and they they get uh, weighed and tested and they lift their weights and running in their draws and all of this stuff, and they're treated like you know kind of pieces pieces of meat. And the draft culture, all the culture behind it is. People making mock drafts and, you know, figuring out if their team, you know, did good, bad, or indifferent or whatever in the draft. And it's just – it's so much – it's so transactional that, yeah, we don't really treat these guys as human beings. They're just commodities, they're assets, and all of that. And granted, they get – most of them are getting paid something, you know, so people are kind of okay with it. But, yeah, why are we treating them like meat in the first place? And why, in order to humanize them, do we need to share their tragedy? And – the real there's a reality too. Well, in a league that is 70 percent African American, there really there's a lot of elements there of kind of feeding off of you know black pain there, because again a lot of so much of it is tragic backstories and you know dads that were in jail and actually that wasn't a ton of it, but it still was dads that were in jail or parents that died or siblings that passed away and that had cancer and just all this sadness. And when I'm sure many of these guys in their life had other positive stories. It doesn't always have to be overcoming negative negativity and adversity. And it just got to the point where it felt like kind of torture porn, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I mean, there's a good thing in then humanizing. I think it's a good point in trying to humanize these players, but certainly pointing out tragedies on repeat is not a way to humanize. It's almost a way to like profiteer off of their, pain because they're trying to make this draft into an event right? right so it's like you know in it hasn't always been an event it's only in recent years that the draft has become like a prime time event right mm-hmm. so i don't know like how do you humanize somebody then without being this tragic on repeat like there's so much more about life you could talk about that would humanize yeah. them and what they're not doing it's not like they're doing exposés on these guys right it's not like these guys volunteered to do a sit-down interview you know with the magazine that wants to talk about their life and the entirety of it <laughs> you know and so when you just pick out the all the negative and the dark stuff and the painful stuff it really feels that's where it's really problematic right because again i'm sure plenty of these kids and they actually i think they actually did with a couple of them like oh this kid played the trombone like if you want a fun fact toy there's a lot of fun fact toys i'm sure in a lot of these guys lives you know um that they chose to omit and i don't know what the process was um but i'm curious if they sat down to talk to these players and said hey you know what are you comfortable with us sharing because it didn't feel like that was the case this is just like Hey, he's five ten. Runs this runs a four five forty. He was an all conference player. And oh yeah, his little brother was struck by, struck by lightning. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, and because know. they're doing it that way, right? That's the problem with it. Is it's not. It's doing the opposite of humanizing. All it's doing is belittling their tragedy. Like, yeah, you say it in a somber voice. Like, yeah, this is sorry. But the fact that you just group a random factoid with his weight, height, and speed. And they move on to talk about how that benefits the team. That really, like, you know, that doesn't care well for the person and the tragedy or the family on national television, too, man. I mean, it's 
But and, and so here's one, one element of it that I find really interesting. The only reason they're able to kind of get away with this, right, and the, to get away with, you know, kind of profiting off of that pain is because the draft in this moment, as I mentioned, it's, you know, kind of the pinnacle of a lot of these guys is, you know, craft or whatever. They present be, this thing of being drafted as almost like the – Mama, I made it moment, right? So you get drafted. It's like, okay, he overcame all of this to get to this point, and now it's all okay. You know, <laughs> you know, like now life is going to be better. Now you're here at this point, and, you know, we can celebrate because look what you've overcome. However, comma, however, we, well, you and I and whoever else follows up, you know, sports, but in particular football, know that that's not true. It's a farce. Why? The average NFL career is two and a half years, at least as of a few years ago. Maybe that's changed. Not only that, we know the vast majority of these guys are getting drafted in the fourth round and beyond. A lot of them, are they getting paid professional athlete money? Sure. But NFL players aren't getting paid LeBron James money, especially not rookies, right? These rookies are getting paid contracts where, you know, they get paid a couple hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, I think the minimum is like, 300000 or something like that. So they're getting paid maybe half a million dollars or whatever. But it's a sport, especially in the NFL, where you get your body beat up. You know, you've been playing for a long time. Most of these guys will play for play that rookie contract and then either never get paid again or they'll be on minimum deals, right? And so, you know, if you pay, play three years on that rookie deal and then you get cut, yeah, great. Maybe, you know, after taxes and all that, maybe you took home, um, let's just say, a million dollars right, which might be – is probably high for a lot of these guys. You took home a million dollars over three years. Is that a lot of money? Yes. Is that life-changing money for a mature adult who has his stuff together? Yes, a million dollars is life-changing money. For a 21-year-old kid fresh out of college from, a, a you know, possibly a poor family and, you know, one that has been, you know, marred by tragedy and things – is it life-changing money? It can be if handled, right? But we know for the vast majority of people – that's not necessarily the case. And so we're presenting this pain in, in light of, okay, well, they made it now. But in, if we're being intellectually honest, we know the vast majority of these guys, they're not set for life. They didn't make it. You know, they didn't, they're not done. They're not over the hit. You know, they didn't reach the top of the mountain and now they're set to take care of their family. That's just not the case, you know? And so even just that element of like, oh, well, you know, it, the celebra celebratory because of, that element, and so now we can, you know, talk about all their pain and suffering. Like I just find very distasteful. You know, if anything, you know what you know what the draft is. The draft is now, unless you're a first round or even a second round pick, and you get guaranteed millions of dollars. For yeah. most of them, it's an opportunity now to prove that you can belong on an NFL roster. Which even then, for the vast majority of players, is done in two to three years, if not soon. You know, um, yeah. So. So, yeah, it, it just feels distasteful and a little dishonest to me. No, and that makes me think about – and I'm thinking this is on the fly thinking, but part of my problem with the NFL over recent years, and we've talked some about this on the podcast in previous seasons, is just that they're, they're pushing like this, you know, super American narrative. Mm -hmm. And part of me thinks that, uh, you know, kind of this American ideal of pull yourself up by your bootstraps type thing, work hard and you'll make it. I feel like they're feeding into this narrative almost with the way they've gone about using people's tragedies and then making this like a mama, I made a moment. Right. Mm. And in some ways it is right. But like you said, it's really short lived and them continuing to feed in, especially for, and I think this is part of it too, especially for black athletes, which was the majority of the tragic stories they pulled. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I, when I was noting the few positives, it was like a white lineman from Stanford who won a chess championship or something weird like that, right? But you're continuing to feed in these narratives that everything's hard work, individualism to overcome tragedy. Right, and pull you yourself up. It. And, and, and it's like even that's continued, yeah. Yeah, and it's even important to note that, you know, it wasn't even all some, you know, daddy was locked up type stuff, which you would kind of expect, or, or cousin was shot and killed. Like, it wasn't even all that. They, it was literally car crashes and struck by lightning and cancer and all of these sorts of it, yeah. things. Right. Yeah. Um, but no, well, I agree with you. And that's a good point you make because, at, again, we're 
taken off the cuff here. But, you know, uh, in light of some of the things that the NFL has been criticized for recently, right, um, you know, with all the Kaepernick stuff and people are now a bit, a lot more um, in tune with, well, maybe people notice a lot more the partnership that the NFL has with the military, right? Um, and it's gotten so a taste for that, right? It's, so it's a lot more obvious. So now at this point, they kind of got to be a little bit more subtle with this messaging, right? You know, the whole F-16s flying over the stadium and, um, you know, the flags covering the whole field as we sing God bless America for some reason before football games, right? Yeah. You know, we have to be a little bit more subtle. So you're right, this very quote-unquote American pull yourself up by your bootstraps message, overcoming tragedy. Yeah, as you mentioned that, I am curious if, if the reason that this is more prevalent now, the reason why it was such a big, you know, so in our faces now is because – of some of these other messages that they can't really put out there anymore because people yeah. have an eye for that now. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like they still want to spread whoever is in charge of the messaging for the NFL still wants to push, push this certain message still, and they're finding other ways to do it. Um, well, and, and it's even, dishonest. Well, and even in the element of, you know, the NFL kind of being a savior, <laughs> you know, again, yeah. talking about all these guys are drafted. Now here you are, here you made it. Hey, it's like, Hey, we're not bad. We're not the bad guys here. We're, we're providing opportunities for all of these kids, you know, and remember they've come through, they come from all this tragedy. Now they're drafted into the NFL where now let's associate all these happy memories, happy, positive memories. And again, like people that are watching the draft are typically NFL fans anyway. So, you know, maybe they don't need to go that far. Maybe this is all in our head, but you know, I can't help but think that there's some level of correlation. Yeah, no. And that's a good point too, is maybe it's trying to protect their image. You know what I mean? Of what, you know, that we are a good person with all this backlash and whatnot. And yeah, I, I don't know. I wouldn't even say we're reading too much in it because it was so prominent in yeah. this draft. And I've watched drafts for years, for at least the past 15 years of my life. I yeah. watched the NFL draft before it was a big thing. And it's never been this like in your face. Right. Like every once in a while, somebody had a tragedy that they overcame, but it was highlighted almost in a way that that person wanted it to be. Or even as even as somebody that we quote unquote know, I mean, a lot of people won't know these guys in draft, but a lot of times they're college stars, you know, yeah. that are kind of in the public eye already. These right. these are guys that are drafted, and I mean, you could be drafted later on and be a college star too. But a lot of times these are guys that we don't really know, or you know, the average person isn't familiar with unless you follow Oklahoma State football or something like that, right. <laughs> you know. Exactly. So these, these are just kind of random guys that I mean, they're not random; they're good enough to be drafted. Just. It's like we didn't know this guy before then, and you're telling us, you know, all this tragedy and all this stuff. Um, yeah, not necessary. Not necessary, ESPN. That, 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 that's the draft. You know, again, if y'all have thoughts, let us know. Hit us up. Yeah. Let us know what you think. So, Will, in another sports-related moment, uh, not moment, event, uh, we talked last week about the Michael Jordan – well, I call it the Michael Jordan. Technically, it's not a Michael Jordan documentary. It's about the 95-96 uh, Chicago Bulls uh, called The Last Dance. It's on ESPN. That was the 97-98 Bulls, man. Was it 97-98? Yeah, so last year. The Last Dance. Yeah, 97-98. My bad. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why I did it. Um, yeah, so it's the Bulls' last title um, title team. Um, and so we talked about it a lot last week and two more episodes popped off, uh, this past weekend. And again, this is like the biggest thing going on in the world of sports and entertainment <laughs> right now. Everybody's yeah. talking about it. Um, you know, Michael Jordan is a global phenomenon. I, I, you know, going by social media and my social media feeds, there are people that I don't even, you know, consider people that watch a lot of sports, talk about a lot of sports that are like live tweeting this thing. <laughs> because it's a big deal. So, hey, we might as well talk about it, too, because ain't that much popping off in the world outside of the Romans. So um, so episodes three and four will um, focus a lot on Dennis Rodman as well as Phil Jackson. Um, And then also they touched some on the uh, that that Bulls Pistons rivalry and the bad boy Pistons. Uh, Um, So, you know, when. This isn't a sports podcast, technically, so we're not going to get all into the weeds on the sports element. But there are some things that, that I think are appropriate for us to talk about here. And, for instance, one of them is Dennis Rodman. Huh? What? Huh? Well, Good Rodman. Good here's my Rodman. question for you. Dennis Rodman. Question uh, mark. That's, question, that's just question mark. That's the yeah. question? Yeah. Just Dennis Rodman. 
I don't even know how to respond to that, man. I got all love for Rodman, but I noticed why coming up, kids weren't allowed to dye their hair because they couldn't be like Rodman. All his crazy stuff. So, I hope those kids are okay. I hope they are too as well. But, hey, j- this is beyond sports, though, because my wife, again, watched this with me too, and she hates watching sports and documentaries. So you know COVID-19 doing some serious stuff. Right. Even though she is an athlete, I don't know how she hates sports. You know, your wife is uh, She doesn't hate sports, but she never wants to watch them. She says she likes them, but doesn't watch them. Doesn't make sense. But anyway, Dennis Rodman, man, the dude's an amazing player. He's also, I don't know, I, I can't say half crazy. I feel like he's, he's different for sure. He's different for sure. You know, you're right. I don't think Dennis Rodman is crazy. I think. Dennis Rodman is a troubled individual that was placed in the limelight and was in no way, shape, or form prepared for it, emotionally, mentally, any of that. Because, um, you know, if you watch, you saw a story. Like, apparently Dennis Rodman was like 5'6 when he was 18 or 17. Right. And, then he, and then he grew over a foot. Grew, or we don't know exactly how tall he was. He listed as 6'8, might have been 6'6. Six, six. But he grew to like 6'6, six, 6'8 six, six, or whatever. Played small, tiny college basketball because somebody was like, "Hey, come play ball." The next thing you know, he's in the NBA. And I think he didn't get dra- he didn't get to the league until he was like twenty four or twenty five. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, and you know, he's a guy. He's troubled. He's a troubled guy. He had some demons. He had you know spent time homeless and all of that. Um, and he acted out. You know, and sometimes people act out in different ways. You know. Uh, like, look, as somebody who I'm not troubled, but I know when I'm frustrated, being me raised who raised the way I was and with the concept, like, if I want to act out, it's not going to look the same as other people. I'm not, like, I can't even really act out. Like, all I'm going to do is, like, eat some ice cream. And, like, like that's my self-flagellation. Like, I know I'm going to suffer from this later, so, but I don't care. You so know? you're not going to Vegas, huh? No, I'm not, I'm not going to Vegas, and I'm not going to, you know, pop a whole bunch of pills and nothing like that. But... I'm also not wealthy, rich, and, you know, kind of lonely. It seems like Dennis Rodman was kind of a lonely guy on some level. Um, yeah. My question to you, Will, is do you think somebody like Rodman could exist today in the way that we cover just entertainment and sports and all of that? That's an interesting thought. I mean, I think he could exist today. I think it would look different, the type of pressure, because of the way social media works. I mean, I guess we don't see athletes quite like Rodman. But, like, we've seen a whole host of new age rappers that are very similar to Rodman in terms of, like, chaos as identity. At least that's how it became later in Rodman's career, at least how he's perceived by the media. So, you know, what? one thing I was thinking with that, too, is, you know, when you said rappers, like, did Rodman really act that much different from you know, like some rock stars and things that are out there. I like, I don't the think he did, yeah. Right. I think the difference is in sports, um, I heard somebody make the point that uh, they were talking about Michael Jordan, how popular and famous he was, and uh, basically like how he had to deal with media a lot. Like, they were saying, hey, Tom Cruise or Will Smith, you know, they only deal with the media when they want to. Like, hey, I, make, I made a movie. I'm going to go on this press tour. I'm going to do, you know – 50 interviews over the course of a week and promote this movie. And then I can go hide out in my mansion or whatever, you know, you got paparazzi and stuff, whatever, but these athletes, basketball players in particular, they're supposed to be in front of cameras every day, you know, or at least every game they get, you got 82 games. If you're the bulls, you got playoffs and all of that. So it's like a hundred days out of the year where you have, you're supposed to be out in front of a camera, you know, and you're talking to people and they're asking you a million questions about everything you do and everything you wear, you know, and all of that. So part of me thinks that, you know, on some level, Rodman was kind of a creation. But at the same time, we haven't seen anybody like that since, you know. Maybe it's because people just have more outlets to express themselves than with social media and the internet and all of that. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, for sure, I don't think he would be able to pull off the go to Vegas on the low vacation type thing they talked about because it would be all over the place and – there'd be so much backlash, you know, cause we do hold athletes for some reason we hold them super high, but don't care what they say. Right. That's kind of the culture of America. Like we absolutely idolize athletes of our team and all that, unless they say something that disagrees with our, you know, cultural, culturally built ideal of the world. Right. Then we say, you know, be quiet, but yeah. Yeah. But something like Dennis Rodman, right. If you were a bulls fan back then and you had, 
you know, the age of Twitter now match with that. Like, mugs would be all over. Like, everybody would have been fired for letting <laughs> go. Rodman would have been, you know, just trashed well, out of that, you know. Well, it's even funny you mentioned that because Rodman didn't even say that much controversial to my memory. I mean, obviously, he had the whole thing with kind of his androgynous look, and he was wearing makeup yeah. and dresses and all of that, um, which looking back on it, it really does kind of feel like a – look at me or let me do something wild type of thing or maybe not i don't know because he still paints his nails he's just an individual (laughs) you know what i mean but besides that i don't remember him saying too many actually the one thing i do remember him saying that was Mm -hmm. controversial was when he said if larry bird was white he'd be just another player he said that back when he was with uh detroit i don't know if you remember that because Isaiah Thomas gets all the heat for it because they asked Isaiah about what Robin said. Oh, that's right. Isaiah that's Thomas right. was like, you know, he, he wasn't out there saying things like, you know, that would make the red states or the blue states mad at him. <laughs> you know, yeah. he was just kind of out there being him. But Robin was always an interesting guy. You know, I, I remember checking to see what color his hair was, you know, during, when the game started because everybody had WGN. Uh, so we always saw those Bulls games. And, yeah, just, you know. I guess people nowadays have more outlets for that individuality uh, than they would in the past. But uh, that's true. Yeah. That's true. What well, what did you think about the whole Pistons element and um, the the bad boy Pistons basically not beating Jordan up all the time? I mean, I know I've seen one of my favorite thirty for thirty documentaries is the one on the bad boy Pistons, just because yeah. it's a it's a fun team to watch. And I'm not a Bulls fan or necessarily a Michael Jordan fan, so. I never had any hard feelings for it. But it is interesting because it is kind of an underrated team to win yeah. back-to-back championships. doesn't really get all the talk. Or at least all the players in the team. Lost a third in game seven in the finals. Yeah. The year before. So it's like you don't talk about those players in the same category as other players who've done similar feats. I do think, you know, and there's always the difference between like how rough people play ball in different eras and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was definitely wilding out, though. Play, play there was wilding out. And, and that leads to something I, w- I wanted to talk to you about because, you know, wh- one reason it seems like, uh, to your point, Will, the Pistons aren't as beloved as others is because apparently everybody really did just hate the Pistons uh, yeah. because they were beating up on everybody, right? And so if unless you were a Detroit fan, everybody hated the Pistons. And at that time, Michael Jordan, even though he wasn't the champion, he wasn't the GOAT Mike, Michael Jordan – but he had a lot of fans. He was well-known in terms of his um, marketing endorsements, all of that. So a lot of people love Mike, and the Pistons beating up him too. And so, you know, once they were done, I think it seems like it was kind of like a, all right, thank God we don't got to like, pay attention to those guys anymore. Let's move on to Mike. And they kind of got washed away, um, but partially because people didn't like them because of their style of play. And then what we saw too – was not just the Pistons, but the way that the Knicks and the Heat and some of those 90s teams played was the NBA basically said, okay, we got to do something different. Like, the game is too ugly. You know, it's too low scoring. Everybody's just grabbing each other. It's turning into wrestling matches. And so they instituted a whole lot of rule changes that led to what we have now um, with the free-flowing kind of high-scoring game. And I wanted to ask you about that, Will, um, you know, even, you know, for those of you out there, even if you're not a basketball fan, it, you know, it is just interesting that the NBA did this, the NFL did this, Major League Baseball, I think, is doing this on some level, where these sports leagues are saying, hey, we're willing to change the game around and change the rules in the game to just make it more entertaining, not even to make it a quote-unquote better game, just to make it more entertaining because we want people to watch without, you know, just seeing Michael Jordan go to the free throw line 25 times, even though James Harden is doing his best to bring that life back but so right. so right. i guess well what's your opinion on on that and the level of change that these leagues are willing to go to to i guess improve the enjoyment level of their products so the entertainment aspect yeah it is interesting that because i think it's one thing to change for safety and i think there's good you know reason that the nfl's had some changes that the nba had changes for player safety because some of this stuff's just like you know, we can't be entertained with cats getting knocked out and stuff like that. Like, there's just something, there's something wrong with that. I, even though that's what we used to do. Remember, it used to be like the top 10 big hits watching an NFL player just oh, get yeah. knocked out and stuff. And there's something, as a kid, I remember being like, oh, you know, it was so awesome to see that stuff. But it's like, 
when you reflect on it, there's something pretty disgusting about being entertained about somebody getting knocked out. Like, so I'm all for change if it's for safety. It is interesting to think about change though for entertainment purely, which really shows you the core of these leagues is, is entertainment for money. So if you take it more serious than that, you're going to have your heart broken, right? At the end of the day. Outside of soccer, but we'll stay away from soccer, Kellen. Is soccer is still a beautiful defensive game. No, right? soccer sucks. Yeah, keep, right, that, keep, keep me saying soccer sucks in there. Whatever they've done to soccer to make it better has not worked. Because well, every time I try to sit down to watch a <laughs> soccer game, I seemingly watch 47 minutes you know, and nobody scores, and the ball is barely in the, you know, in the, I don't know what you call it, the front field, front court. Front, well, you know, again, whatever. so before we get in our soccer room, because we've done this before, the point, there is a difference, though, between American fans and entertainment and maybe the rest of the world, right? Um, because really, those major leagues are all American leagues and have changed for their American audiences, right? Major League Baseball now has a timer in between innings, a timer in between uh, I believe hitters now and stuff too, like the pitcher can only take a certain amount of time before it, between each pitch and stuff like that, right? Uh, those are new to the game, right? It's about speeding up the game, uh, making a higher scoring, those type of things. Part of that, I think, just says we don't have a good attention span, right? If you're fouling and doing all these, you know, things, just like the NBA, you slow the game down. Cats can't watch two-hour games yeah. anymore. But see, there's a the difference though. Like baseball is baseball. The thing is, there's not that many different ways to play baseball. Like baseball highlights suck. Why? Hey, don't say that. Don't say that. I mean, let's be real. What What are the baseball highlights that are out there? You get a you get a a home run. You get b a leaping catch. You get c a diving catch, or you see a somebody diving in the infield. You know, to, to to stop a ball or, or to catch a ball and throwing it to first and getting a double play or whatever, right? Baseball highlights are kind of like baseball just because of the nature of the game. You're hitting the ball with the stick and you're running the bases. It's not the type of free flowing game that lends itself to you know different things. So I think honestly, some of the stuff with baseball, they're trying to speed it up because they need people to be willing to sit there and watch it on TV for you know a couple hours or whatever, and. Yeah. It's not going to bring speeding baseball up, isn't bringing new fans to the game because it's not changing the game. You either like baseball or you don't, right? That's Maybe fair. you learn a little bit of strategy, but baseball itself is it be, just the nature of it. It's a kind of a closed circuit type of thing, you know what I mean? Yeah, um, it's a more precision game, though. That's what I'm saying. Right. So it's, yeah, it's not, you're right. It's not the fast pace highlights full. Yeah, it won't be. Even soccer, there's more things that can happen on a soccer field because it's free. It's free flowing in the ball games, yeah, right? That's fair. Um, point being, you know, I, I think with the way that these leagues operate, I think you know you have to be careful because you do want to be able to give people something familiar, right? Um, like if you watch NBA basketball today and you watch a, a old clip from the Bulls in you know '93, the game is so very, it's so completely different. Like where the shots are taken, um, the way offenses work, what defense can do. Like it's a very, very, very different game, which is kind of why I think some of the cross uh, generational comparisons are kind of silly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's just, true. You know, um, they're like, oh, you know, Michael Jordan would have killed today. Steph Curry would have killed back then. And I don't like, I'm like, ah, you know, it's a different game, right? Who knows? Yeah. Um, you know, although I do watch those old games, and I'm like, they did not play the type of defense that people want to pretend like they play. <laughs> Everybody so, loves that era more than it deserves, probably. So, yeah, look, athletes get better every year. You know, is, is how I look at it. So, guys get more skilled, faster, stronger. They f- figure out better health and nutrition, all that stuff every year. So, if you ask me, every era is better than the one before it but that's why we don't compare players to previous eras or whatever. We got to compare them to how dominant they were in their own time. So in conclusion, Will, sports is changing. Keep up. Don't be one of them old fuddy duddies out there talking about back in my day because your day sucked. Just like our Dang. day would have sucked. You know what I'm saying? In 20 years when we telling our kids back in my day, LeBron and Steph Curry, they'd be like, shut up, dad. Your day sucked too. So – Right. Yeah. I do hate no, the back no. in the day for anything. It's pretty bad. But anyway. Yeah, no, they better not tell me to shut up. But um <laughs> but before we move on though, I do just want to remind all of our listeners that about Stitcher Premium, not just regular Stitcher, but Stitcher Premium. Mm-hmm. Uh all of our listeners 
can get free Stitcher Premium for 30 days by using the code Wild World. That's not Wild Wild, just one Wild, Wild World. And you get yep. Stitcher Premium free for 30 days. Uh, after that, Stitcher Premium is only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. So what do you get with Stitcher Premium? You might be asking. Well, Stitcher Premium is a premium podcast or premium subscription to Stitcher that includes bonus episodes and inclusive exclusive and inclusive shows from hit podcast hosts, early access to popular podcasts, and ad-free shows. So ironically, we're reading the ad right now about ad-free shows, but that's life. Ironic. Ask Alanis Morissette. Uh, but if you like comedy, there's, uh, there's shows such as Comedy Bang Bang, WTF with Mark Marin, or one of my personal favorites, How Did This Get Made? Uh, there's true crime shows like Criminology, and you have pop culture shows like LeVar Burton Reed. So check those out. Go to Stitcher Premium. Again, you can try it out for free for 30 days, and if you don't like it, you move on with your life. But if you do, it's only $4.99 a month or $34.99 for the rest of the year. So check that out, please, and thank you. Word, word. So with that... It's been a good episode. We're going to come back here, bring you some Patreon exclusives. So if you're not supporting us on Patreon, you should do that. You get exclusive that. benefits, you get merch, you support the show. Fact is, creation is not free. We love to do it, but it's not free, so we need your help to continue to do it. So check it out, patreon.com forward slash kingdom dreamers. You can support us anything, and then you'll get the exclusive content along with a bunch of other stuff. we got a book club, merch, all that. Check it out. But... We're going to move on to the Patreon only. Uh, we're going to talk about strategies for mental health during COVID-19. And maybe yeah. if we have enough time, we'll talk about our Mount Rushmore of most hated teams. We'll see how we're feeling yeah. uh, since we talked a lot of sports today. But everybody's watching sports, including my wife. So we figured you guys would at least relate because this ain't a sports co- podcast. This is about the wild world. So you know what it is. You know what it is. We'll see you next time. See us, kingdomdreamer.com, wild, wild world. Yep. Peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wild Wild World Show. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on Twitter at Kingdom X Dreams and learn more at KingdomDreamer.com. This podcast is sponsored by Logos Bible Software. If you've been longing for the tools to take your Bible study deeper, you need to try out Logos. I've been personally using Logos for over a decade now for both my devotional and pastoral study. Right now, Logos has partnered with the Kingdom Dreamers to bring you exclusive savings. Check out at logos.com forward slash kingdom dreamer or click the link in the show notes for our exclusive offer.